I'm looking for a submarine. It's big and black, and the driver is a very good friend of mine. Right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In Podcast, episode number 269. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Nice. <laughs> There's Phil. In this episode, we are talking about The World is Not Enough as part of our Shaken Not Stirred series. But before we get started, I want to ask you please to subscribe to the podcast on any of those streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Make sure that you leave us a five-star rating. They help a lot. Maybe even a review helps even more. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and X at 3 Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us at 3 Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our merchandise over at tpublic.com. So, yes, the world is not enough. Not enough. No, I um, you were just, you were just just asking me if I had actually rewatched it, and I did. Cause I I actually like this movie. <laughs> I actually really like this movie. Yeah. yeah, this is a good one. You know, they they're not all that good. I mean, I only did the four. So yeah, you really didn't do very many. I think this one just sort of gets lost in the shuffle because the other ones are of such wildly varying quality. And this one is very much just like good. It's a decent Bond film. Yeah. So that like, you know, it, it kind of just like, like everyone talks about, you know, Golden Eyes the Best and Die, uh, Die Another Day is the Worst. And then there was that one in the middle with the wacky villain and the TV sandal and that <laughs> other one. You know, like it's just like, and the endless fourth one that we just sort of brush off, you know. Yeah, it's it's firmly in the middle. Like, you know, he made four movies Two of them are good. Now that's batting five hundred, so that's not that bad, you know. It's like I would I would have to go do the math, and I was promised there would be no math on the on the Roger Moore batting average. You know, like there are maybe he made like seventy eight movies. I've already forgotten most of them. <laughs> and like the man with the golden gun sticks out because it's Christopher Lee and um, tattoo and like the little guy and. I, I was gonna say Octopussy because it's Jane Seymour. Yeah, who was jaw droppingly stunning in that movie. But like, I barely. But you're right. Like about Octopussy. Like it. it uh, yeah, like, there was an elephant. Uh, I don't know <laughs> that that guy playing tennis in the back of the little rickshaw there. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was that happened. Um, and so yeah, like there was. There's and not there's a, like there's, there's and this was this is right funny. yeah so yeah. uh yeah this this one also features my absolute favorite James Bond car oh yeah what was it again it, it was saw it in half I remember that yeah so <laughs> it's the BMW Z8 and I just think it's just about the most gorgeous car maybe ever designed it was based off of um that's right i'm looking at it now yeah that's right yeah so it was based off of the uh the bmw 507 which was i mean just as german cars go it's a it's almost italian you know it's mm. it's got these amazing little curves and it's very very playful in its design and um you know they 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 kept like the bmw dual grill concept but they widened it out and made it sleek and cool and this car was just sort of like the perfect reimagining of a classic whereas like you look at like the the Ford Thunderbird which actually appears in the next movie that Pierce Brosnan did uh, driven by um, Halle Berry and that was 
not a good reimagining of a classic. And it was one of those things where like, oh, it's cool and retro and nobody bought it. Like maybe 18 people over the age of 70 bought that car. And then they all died within a week because they were old, and that's what happens. <laughs> and then they so, died. <laughs> like your 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 target demographic did not survive <laughs> much longer into the production of that car. And not not because of the car, but no, you know. no, 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 no. The car was I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> but like, oh my God, I drive a Ford. Yeah, but like they yeah, they really thought the like that young people would would, would want to. By that car, and they they did not, and they could have. I think would have been smarter to make that like a limited thing, like we're only going to make like a thousand of them, and which is what they did with the Z8. They did not make a lot of them. They made very very few. Uh, it's just not how Ford thinks. Ford you know, Ford thinks in you know everything to scale, and BMW may not because they do a lot of like specialty things. But uh, it's my absolute favorite car. It doesn't do anything in this movie of any significant note. It's. I was gonna say. I think the gag is that it, the car gets sawn in half, and he doesn't really get to drive it. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Like in in Goldeneye, he, the car does literally nothing. He drives the car for three seconds on film, and mm. um, then that's it. And then the you know tomorrow never dies. You get the car chase in the um you know with the driverless car in the back seat thing which was great like that was the probably the best part of that movie was just it was such a clever yeah. way to do that and that's that's okay I, I like that they don't always do a car thing sometimes yeah. they do and sometimes they don't because i mean the the gimmick on the car tend to repeat themselves like the, there's only so much that car can do yeah i mean the chase yeah. sequences are always they're always something to do with it um but it doesn't always have to be the vehicle itself to be interesting. Sometimes the car will go underwater and become a submarine. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that was a, a Lotus Esprit for those of you keeping score. Um, but yeah, but as far as like just the look of this car goes, it's just absolutely stunning. I saw one at a Cars and Coffee maybe like two years ago. I was with my son and the guy was leaving and I was bummed that I missed it. Like it, it was a very big event, a lot of people. And um, I, I was like, oh, look at that. I was so excited. And, the guy, and it was in the silver color like this, too, which was, that was great. That was, it was awesome. But um, anyway, so what did you think about The World is Not Enough? Uh, uh, you know, I like this one. Um, it's not trying to do anything. This is the only one that's not trying to do anything drastically different. Yeah. Like it's not rebooting anything. It's not um, bringing him into a new era. Like it's it's just a Bond movie. Like we're not we're not tackling any themes of you know that we're on the cutting edge. Like you know even the last one was like cyber technology and satellites that can control information. Like it's not hitting any big um, world events or anything like that. It's just bad guy. And in nuclear bombs, which of course no one wants, and stuff like that, and, and money, you know, it's about money. Um, yeah. The things it was attempting to do differently were subtle. I can only think of two off the top of my head, and only one of them worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but other than that, like, he's back to being funny, but also being ruthless. Yeah, You know, he, he pulls that off really well. Um, the I think the villain, the, you know, the henchman had a good gimmick. It made no sense, but none of them make any yeah, sense. Like I'm not going to get hung up on stuff like that. Like the guy with the metal teeth is enough for me, <laughs> you know, or razor wire in his hat. So like this guy had a bullet in his brain that was slowly moving to the center that would kill him, and it was deadening all of his nerves, so he couldn't feel anything. So he's like, I, I can't feel pain, which would be a horrible condition to have. <laughs> And it's a real one. There is there is a disease that prevents people from experiencing pain. And everyone's like, oh, that'd be great. No, it's not, because pain is no. useful. It tells you when something is wrong. Yeah, if you can't feel when there's something wrong, like if you step on a nail or something, like you, you need to, your body needs to tell you these things because you can't walk around with nails in your feet. No. So, you know, he had a good gimmick in that, like, and she's like, the, you know, misexposition in the beginning with the, the hologram head where she said like he can't feel pain therefore <laughs> yeah, he, 
he can hit you harder and he can go farther than most people can because he's not getting the signals that are telling him he should slow down or not punch so hard. And I was like, you know, sure. Okay. That's... Yeah. I mean, it makes literally no sense because like <laughs> not being able to feel pain is not in and of itself a superpower. Right, and they were trying to make it seem like that. And I'm like, eh, no, but okay, like it's not that ridiculous. <laughs> it's not. It's not so ridiculous that it's. It's just. It's like Bond ridiculous, you know. Yeah, I think it's more amazing that they shot him in the head, where it's clearly going to the brain. Like it's not like it grazed his skull, and yet somehow the bullet didn't go all the way through. Like, what do they have a metal plate in the way or something? Yeah, was that explained? I don't remember. No, he says like, that that she just sent 009 to kill him, and didn't it didn't work out? It, it yeah. Didn't, yeah, it didn't like it didn't take. So yeah. he's still alive. Sure, um, why not? Which you know I liked. Um, it had some pretty good action sequence. That opening boat chase is pretty good. That's a great sequence. Yeah, no, I mean even the um, you know the bit in the beginning with the. Uh, you know, with the the, like, the thing I liked about it was that, it, and this was like became part of the um, of the of the, I mean maybe this was also popular in the other in, in the older movies, but the opening sequence, the um, like the te- like the teaser thing at the beginning, used to be just sort of a random event to introduce you to the character or to give you an exciting thing to start the the movie off and it wasn't necessarily related to what was going on and i i think i must have said this before but like um i think with all the pierce brosnan ones they're all related to the main story they introduced right. the characters and some of the setup and um you know, it's they they continued that here, and it just sort of it it works. It's it, it doesn't make it totally random. It um, you know, it it and like they really kind of come out of this thing swinging with both barrels because which to to, to mix metaphors, um, <laughs> swinging with both barrels. My head hurts. My head hurts. <laughs> Whereas like the opening sequence, he's in Spain or somewhere, or and then he. You you see the assassin is in the office with the banker, and she kills the guys. And he jumps out the window, and it's exciting. And then the next thing you know, um, you know, it just leads you to the next thing where, right? You know, which is good. Why are you wasting time? You have like a fifteen minute thing here, right? You and know, it's like just use it. <laughs> it's two chase sequences in a row, and like there's very little that happens in between. That like, there's no fluff to it. Like you meet the guy that is the intended target and the bomb goes off and then he's off chasing somebody else too. So like there's a lot that, you know, moves the story forward. There's not a lot of fat on this. It's pretty, pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. And then it slows down a bit because then, you know, you got to go meet the girl and find the girl and fly around and do the whole thing. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's also, it could, it's a genuine mystery too. Like there's not there, there 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 is a lot of detective work that he has to do, and it. I think the film comes with a pretty decent surprise. Too most of these films don't do that. They don't have you know they're they're all pretty predictable, and like, I didn't go back and watch the trailer, which I do sometimes, and I'm reminded that like we are, in a culture now that prizes surprise more than anything else when it comes to movies. And back then, they'd give you the plot of the movie and all the twists and turns in the trailer to go see it. Because I don't know why. It's like, I guess we had nothing better to do. But now it's all like, what's going to happen? Then it was like, how does it all play out? Like, we all know what, hap- what happened. And, you know, So I, I don't know if they did that with this one. Uh, I don't remember. I, uh, somebody else was talking about that, how like, um, you know, they used to give you the whole plot, but they were also saying, you know, because they had to entice, there were more incentives to entice you to come to the movies. You know, now, I mean, now they're desperate to get you to go to the movies because nobody goes, but there was a lot of risk 
involved. Like, first of all, there was no Rotten Tomatoes where you could read other people's reviews. Nobody's going to read the newspaper for the review. Yeah. It was all word of mouth. And they would say, you know, nothing was more disappointing than going to a movie, like hiring a sitter, taking time out of your schedule, driving there, paying out the ass for tickets and popcorn and all that. And then you sit down and it stinks, <laughs> you know, like you just ruined your entire night because the thing you wanted to see is no good. So they had to show you enough to make you want to go. And if the, if it involved giving you the plot, then that's what they were going to do. Like I watched the Mission Impossible trailer with the original with Tom Cruise and they showed that scene where he's dangling like every other shot because they knew that's what everyone wanted to see. Yeah, well, they didn't give you they, they didn't give away the ending to that, but like no, you know, but they, like but they, they were showing you important parts. Yeah, so like now you barely get anything. That's why like when I, th- I think it was uh, Logan, like we went and saw Logan. I remember being like so like viscerally upset at that movie that like I haven't watched it since, and I want to go back because yeah. it's it's got to be great because everyone's like it's great. I'm like this is good, but I'm. I'm like physically ill good. watching how violent that film was. Yeah, and but you're like, right? Yeah, so like I, I the, the trailer didn't tell you anything. It was just a brilliant trailer using that, you know, Nine Inch Nails cover that Johnny Cash did, and it was oh, it was breathtaking. Yeah. It was gorgeous. But I didn't, they didn't know in, enough. <laughs> we're, we're living in the world where the the nerds will go off and look for that stuff. And they will ruin it if they have to. They don't care. They're ravenous hordes of nerds that will just like look up everything they can and like, you know, photos of the cast on set and what could this mean? And then they like, devour every dumb article they can find, you know? So you have to go out of your way not to find that kind of stuff now. I think a lot of people do that too because like the movies themselves aren't very good, especially these Marvel movies. Like they try to gin up enthusiasm by going, look who shows up in this one and look at this plot line and sort like it's all crap like it's really not very good at all so they're you know either paid to manufacture the enthusiasm by giving you things that are spoilers that are hints that are like sneak peeks i mean the whole idea of like the um like what what do they call that thing the uh the the bonus scene oh, at the end of the- uh, yeah, the button or yeah, whatever. It's yeah, yeah. The, 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 oh, like that's all designed to just stoke enthusiasm for later by giving you, you know, a sneak peek at something that you theoretically would have missed if you didn't stay. And you know, we're all eager to know what happens. It just what happens isn't very interesting anymore. Whereas it used to be interesting what happened, and so it was just, I guess, more fun to figure out how they pulled it off <laughs> rather than you know what it was that they tried to do but yeah. so i don't know i i <laughs> it's all by way of saying i don't know if they did that with this movie that you find out spoiler alert that the woman that he's trying to protect is actually the bad guy and yeah. she's she's taking over for the injured terrorist guy who you know is going to be dead by the end of the movie and so he has nothing to live for he fought, he he fell in love with her and wants to help her, and Bond realizes it, but thinks that it was the other way around that she that she has Stockholm syndrome, and then was turned by him. And it was like, nope, <laughs> in reality, you know. Mm. And it's a good plot once she realizes that, like M decides to not save her by and uses her as bait to, you know, not pay. They, they don't want them, the, her father to pay the ransom. She's like she becomes despondent and. Basically changes her personality entirely. Right. the The plot is that she was kidnapped by a guy, and M suggested to her extremely rich father not to pay the ransom and instead use her to help catch the guy who had kidnapped her, and that like sent her over the edge that the father listened. Yeah. And so the the woman used her feminine wiles to convince her kidnapper to side with her and take over her father's company and then they do uh, they pull a goldfinger and the plan is to destroy the city of Istanbul yeah <laughs> where the where the other rival oil pipelines go to destroy it and make her pipeline more valuable which was what he was doing with uh, the gold in Fort Knox. Like his gold would be more valuable if theirs was radioactive. So, right. 
Sure. Okay. That's uh, a great. That, it's a great that's plot. A, that's a good. Yeah. That's a yeah. very Bond plot. Yeah. Um. It's just it's just slightly off than what you were expecting. Right. So the two things that they did was the first one was they made the villain a woman, which they had never done before. And yeah. not, not any serious way. Right. I mean, they were always like they were henchmen, you know, but they were not like the the big heavy. And she's not like, you know, she isn't jacked. She isn't a, a trained assassin. She's not. A, she's just a woman and she's pretty. So she uses that to her advantage and she tries to prey on Bond's emotions and things like that. And that was, you know, never been done before. She was also very determined. Like there's this great moment in when she, when she's got him tied to the chair and she uh she was saying like I, you know, I told him I told the the bad guy we had to make it look convincing. And um and she, she reveals that she had ripped off half of her own ear. Oh yeah, because he wouldn't do it. Because he wouldn't do it and um you know, it was that was pretty that wasn't graphic or gross or anything, but it was a whoa, you who really went to some lengths here, lady, to do this. And I was I, I was I was kind of impressed with that. It was both sort of a, a a restrained but, you know, mature way of looking at how insane she actually was and how far she was she was willing to, she was, she was willing to go. Yeah. Well, that works to the end because you know he's about to stop her, of course, because he's Bond, and it plays into her into her overconfidence. In that she's like, he's not going to kill me. He, he's in love with me. All men are in love with me. Yeah, you know. And then she orders the nuclear strike, and he shoots her point blank, like right in the chest. And he's like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, um, it was good. Something different. Yeah, and the bad guy wasn't sort of like ridiculous. He was a little boring. Like he he didn't have too many over the top scenes that, and like the one he had where they they're in that place where like the like the like the forest is, is on fire, and like they they make the guy hold the rock. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like this he's, this short he's scene. He's a bad where, guy. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> wow, I'm doing bad guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely bad guy stuff. But it wasn't like you know we we just came off of Jonathan Price and that enormous German gentleman. And it was like everyone looks uh, yeah, restrained I mean, next to that. <laughs> well, I, was just, I mean, that guy, I mean, that guy had less personality than anybody. Yeah, and he's he, so, he's a Scottish purposely. actor. In fact, he's. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to think where I know him from. Like, I think he played like Rumpelstiltskin in that really weird Disney, like live action fairy tale show from like ten years ago. It's like because like, I just bought my new TV and I was getting used to the whole idea of. Um, that like high frame rate thing where it's like super, mm-hmm. I don't know, like they 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 stop broadcasting those kind of signals after a while. Like no one liked them, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing his face really up close, like what is this guy? And like, oh, it's that guy from There Was Not Enough. So yeah, no, he was good, um, and she, and she yeah, was think- good too. I think that you know she's not my favorite actress. Her accent kind of bothers me, like. Yeah. yeah, it's what is that accent? She's French. Where are you from there? Where are you from there, Johnny? <laughs> she she was um, she's Sophie Marceau. She was uh, the uh, the queen in Braveheart. Oh yeah, she yeah. had a moment in the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, uh, she's she's gorgeous. You know. Oh but, yeah, I'm not saying she's not pretty. I'm saying she's yeah. not as great an actress. And she's exotic looking because she I I I I think she's also either Persian or. Um, Arabian or something, um, but and like that was sort of the angle here. I think this was before nine eleven. So, yeah, this is um, this is ninety nine. Yeah, so the, you know the whole thing was about oil, and you know they, they they're never explicit about what it is. But she was just oil. like this. No, no, no. But like, but like the 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 religious bit of it. Like they don't they don't they don't oh, ever yeah. say Muslim or Islam or anything. No, it, it's like generic. A Middle Eastern religion thing, yeah. They don't, wanna, yeah. They don't want to touch that. And she says, like, you know, it's not my father's oil; it's my family's oil. Drawing that distinction between the white guy from 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 England and her mother, who was we presume not white because she's not 
point. Well, and then she also uses it as as an excuse to murder him. Yeah, <laughs> and and choose what to do with the oil. She, you know, it's not just his; it's also mine. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're taking it that far now. Yeah. Well, the other thing they tried to do is they tried to give Bond a, uh, an injury in this one. Yes. That he gets injured during that boat chase at the beginning. He hurts like his shoulder. Yeah, he rips they his shoulder out of the socket. Yeah. Yeah, they, they put him on in the inactive list and he kind of cons his way back into it. And that comes up every so often where they can like, they hit him and he like grunts a little harder than usual. Yeah. But this was less successful because he's still James Bond and I don't want to see an injured James Bond and he still needs to win. And it, it doesn't stop him from doing the stuff he normally does. If the movie was suddenly different and he had to be a little bit smarter about how he handles the violence and how he, you know, takes on more than one henchman at a time. Okay. He's got a, he's got a, a handicap he's trying to work through, but that doesn't happen. No, it's every doesn't... so often he'll get punched there. and He'll grunt a little hard. He's like, Oh, you know, and it's like, there's, there's nothing difference here though. He's still shooting people in the face. Yeah, no, he's not. Um, he's not doing anything. It, it doesn't change his character. It doesn't. It does affect the plot, though. It it becomes the plot device that enables him to realize that oh, how could this guy have possibly known that my shoulder is injured? Because he right. like Renard definitely when he gets captured, um, you know, knows how to injure him that way or you know hurts him that way. And so that's how, that's how he puts the whole thing together. So it's a plot device. It's not a character device at all. So yeah, yeah, because right, like you you really can't be, you know, impaired as James Bond. It's like it. We, we, we I guess maybe you could. It would require a very deft writer to pull that off and make him successful at the same time he's working with a handicap. Right. Like what? What would he have to be doing differently? If he if he was physically not capable of doing the stuff he normally does, like would anyone want to watch that? I I don't know. That's like saying you want to watch a Marvel movie, but you don't want to watch any of the fighting scenes. Spider Man yeah. can't do any swinging this movie because he hurt himself. Like who's going to want to watch that? Like that's a device that's better used on TV shows. And like you know, I'm I'm watching Only Murders in the Building right now with with, with my wife, and there's an episode that features a deaf character, and so. Like the whole episode, there nobody speaks because whenever mm. someone is talking, you're hearing things from the from the point of view of the deaf character, and so you can't hear anything. And it just they kind of play it up like people come and go, and like they're not engaging with you know they're not u- using their voice in those moments, and so and it's sticky, but it's just giving you a different giving you a different perspective on things because you've. You you know you you've changed it for that one episode, and then you know next week you're back to whatever. That works better on a TV show that's where things are, are much more short lived. Here, yeah, you're gonna pay twenty bucks to go see James Bond, you know, but he's in a cast. Like it's 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 not gonna be interesting, right? Yeah. So so that I don't think it didn't work as well that way. You know, it's part of the plot. Like it helps him with that stuff, but. You know that that stuff wasn't as good. Yeah, I also didn't like what they did with um, the Russian guy. What's his real name? He just Robbie Coltrane. Away. Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> I'm looking for he, a submarine. Was, it's big and yeah. black, and the driver's a very good friend of mine. I love that line. I don't know why. <laughs> it's such a yeah, great he, line because it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, oh, it's it's, it's he, big and black, and the driver's a very good friend of mine. Yeah, he he's comic relief. Yeah. In, in this movie, like in the last one, he was funny, but he was also, um, you know, he was supposed to be a little intimidating and scary because he was a gangster. And in this one, it's just like he smiles, he makes dumb jokes, you know, he's kind of dumb, you know, like Bond isn't afraid of him in any way. So he's just there to be like one more person to talk to. And, you know, because uh, Jodan Baker's not in this one, we need a different <laughs> guy to be the goof. You know, and yeah, uh, that was that was a little disappointing. I don't know. Yeah, and like his 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 henchman was sort of the uh, like the like the ineffectual doofus. Um, 
Yeah, like Mr. Bullion, which is like a riff off of like <laughs> Jaws and Goldfinger. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just another... We need another henchman with a dumb gimmick. He's got gold braces on or grills on his teeth and then he calls himself Mr. Bullion. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, cheesy. And, well, that's better uh, than the next movie where this, the guy's name is Mr. Kill. <laughs> like, I forgot we're so lazy. Oh we're so God. lazy we just called him Mr. Kill. I'm Mr. Bad Guy. Like, what? <laughs> Mr. Bad Guy. Um... Yeah, and then they tried to make Denise Richards into a nuclear physicist. That's right. I was like, we have to get to this part, don't we? I think that that's the reason what the movie is not as is not looked on as fondly as it could be, because halfway through he meets Denise Richards, who's playing a nuclear physicist who helps deactivate rogue missiles around the world for like UNICEF or something. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> It's unclear. It's, yeah. What's also unclear is why the hell they hired Denise Richards to be a nuclear physicist who runs around the world disabling nuclear weapons for UNICEF when you could have gotten anyone else who can act. She's awful. She's an awful actress. Every scene she's in, it's like you're watching a cardboard cutout standing in the middle of this like like the vatican or something something is out of place here you know she can't act she can't scream or run i mean she's terrible yeah there's literally nothing she does well and i don't know <laughs> i am not a student of her work so i i don't know um what else she's done that might have been good she she got rave reviews in wild things <laughs> but yeah, i wonder why you know that was some time ago now. Um, yeah, no, I, they, th- this I think is just like they, they could not have him there without a girl. And yeah, the girl sure. ends, up, ends up being the bad guy and you can't, they just weren't comfortable, I guess, having him sit this one out sexually. Like once, once the whole thing is, um, is over he has to have sex with somebody and like that to me is like well all right that that makes this stand out as old it's it's not it it, it isn't even so much that she's terrible which she is but she is yeah (laughs) but it's also that um they felt the need to include that character at all like you could have made it would have been really interesting i think if the the person who is there to to defuse the bombs is like a short round, you know, like a little nerdy Japanese kid or Russian kid or whatever. Just put like a guy who's young and like a genius and irascible and you know is the opposite of James Bond in a lot of ways. And then like he needs to take this little you know nerdy kid around with him to defuse all the bombs. And uh, yeah. it becomes but like almost like a, a girl, like a buddy cop movie at that point, where this kid gets dragged into this world of high stakes terrorism and what have you, um, <laughs> instead of this woman who, you know, it, it would have been better if she could pull off the kind of character that they want her to play. But I don't even know that 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 would have helped. Like. They didn't write a character who was like a genius. They wrote a character who was hot. And that was it. There was, there was nothing about her to be like, oh, she's a genius. No, she's just kind of a surly woman in a tight shirt. And well, she's that's it. She's the only one who can she's the only one who can do the job. Right, but you don't have any idea there's there's nothing about her character or the introduction of her character or the or or discussions about her if there are any at all that indicate to you what skills she has other than saying, hi, I'm Christmas Jones, the nuclear physicist. Like, they no, don't... They, they, they don't demonstrate right. her capability. They just tell you that she's the one that can do this. Yeah, and, that's all they, and that's all they feel they needed to do. Like, she's right. the only one who can handle the nuclear material because he, no one else knows how to handle it. It's such a, a specific specialty, you know? Like, yeah, which... it's. 
Right. I mean, that's just yeah. all it is. Like it's, she, it's she, dumb. he needs her. That's all he needs her. And you're right. And they felt that they had to have a woman there because there had been the woman right now is a villain. So you need to have a good villain or a good woman somewhere. And it works for some things like in GoldenEye because she's a computer programmer and there are plenty of women who can do that and can act. You know, I mean, the first thing you see is her and she stands out. I mean, aside from being a woman, but, you know, she looks like she's 18. I know. And (laughs) everybody knows being a nuclear physicist is not a thing you learn, you know, in correspondence classes. Like you have to it takes time to do this. You don't have to be, you know, 60, but she just she just looks too young. Yeah, and they comment on that. They're like, "Oh, you know, she's really attractive." Oh, oh. I was like, oh, "I mean, even the guy with middle teeth would be more realistic than this." <laughs> you know, like it, that's it, true. It, if jo- if Jaws had shown up to do this, yeah, gig, I would have batted less of an eye. I think. <laughs> or the guy who feels no pain with a bullet in his head. I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm there. You got me." <laughs> like, and here's our nuclear physicist, Christmas Jones, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. What? I mean, remember." Austin By Powers the way, had come out. Sh- <laughs> so everyone was already on the train of like, this is stupid. Yeah. Right, yeah. They, they, they were still trying it. it was hard. They were still going strong with this, even though they were already making the perfect parody. She was, by the way, I have to have to say this, 28 years of age when that when this film came out. So, she looked good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, fine. But like, I'm sure there are nuclear physicists who are 28. I'm not saying that doesn't that isn't a thing. It's just I it's and this is totally unfair of me. I am gonna say this, but like my suggestion before about making it a nerdy kid is sexist in that in my head, nerdy boy who's about this who's the same age as Denise Richards was when they filmed this is more believable on screen in a James Bond film than is really hot nuclear physicist. That's so I guess that's my that's my sexism talking. Well um they wanted it to be a woman. If you wanted to make it good, what you should have done is I mean you can have it be a young person not a boy, that's stupid. You make it a young guy. He could be twenty eight, but you do what they did with like Indiana Jones. Like you like with him and his dad was Sean Connery. Like, right? Yeah. Make yeah. it make it so that he's helpless without Bond. No, I didn't Bond mean that kid like care of him. Right. Like, yeah, like I didn't mean like a like one. a little child. I meant like a young person. Like you know how? Oh yeah, no, you make a young person, but like, he, like he, like who cowers with gunfire? Like you like Bond has to like now take care of him like he's cargo almost. Yeah. Because that's where the laughs come from when you have this guy who's a ruthless killer, and you know capable of anything, and he's dragging around this scientist only because we need him you know we it, it's not that we like the guy we just we need him and then you kind of like get this grudging respect or oh, the rock when he's bringing nicholas cage all over the place yeah and nicholas cage for most of the movie is completely useless until the end yeah it's like that like it's like i have to just drag this guy with me and then you kind of like gain respect for him as the movie goes but we have to have a big case of the not gaze and uh <laughs> we put a woman in there so Case of the nut, yes. <laughs> so, but she's not good, and she stinks. She stinks. She's not. You good. can you can even see Pierce Brosnan trying, struggling to act beside her. <laughs> you know, like she'll just bl- she'll blurt out a line, and he just looks at her like, uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. She would just like vomit forth the dialogue with like half a beat, and it's almost like he l- turned to look at her real slow off to the side. Like, is that yeah. is that how you're gonna do it? <laughs> you're gonna do it like that. Is that what you're gonna? I mean, I, <laughs> and then it's like, how were you gonna do it? Oh, you know, just good. <laughs> oh, like man. it's just like oh, okay, sure. And and the name is just. I've I've I've, I've never seen a retroactively written joke done more. Like I've, I've never heard a movie theater groan so hard, <laughs> like actively groaned when that happened, like yeah. in unison. Like it was like 
like the Borg from Star Trek. Just everyone at the exact same time. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. So you know, and I'm oh. 14 in the theater. Like, what are we all groaning about? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't, I don't know it. what we're talking about here. Christmas does only uh, come once a year. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> just like what? It's not a funny joke. Like, ugh, God, that, that is just the worst joke. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I don't think there is a worse one in the in the franchise. As like, and there's a lot of these stupid puns. I don't think there's a worse one. Oh yeah. And we've seen all of them right now. <laughs> I say we've seen them all. I mean, I can't every one of the that's the one everyone remembers. Like, oh, God, oh yeah, unquestionably. Um, so, this is the last one with the original Q. Yes, that's quite tragic. He 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 went to retire. He was in every one of these movies, with the exception of like Never Say Never Again. And the man retires, and within six weeks. He is tragically killed in a automobile accident. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually read today they said that, I mean, he was going to retire. He was old, but he, like, hadn't formally retired. Yeah. And he was like, if if you need me to come back and do some day work, you know, I will. Because, they you know, <laughs> they hired John Cleese, who was also not young. So they could have had the both of them. I was going to say, had John Cleese you know, was no kid. Yeah. It's, it's, sadly, he, he died in an accident, but. It's one of the things I really appreciated about when they brought in, um, uh, and and it wasn't until uh, Skyfall that you meet the new Q. Yeah, he was. Yeah. In, uh, he was not in the. He wasn't in Quantum of Solace, right? No, Quantum of Solace was such a. Oh God, I'm not looking forward yeah. to watching that one for like. I got. I gotta watch that one again because I like. Yeah. Didn't pay attention the first time. So it's, like, it's very hard to pay attention. To this. The movie doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like that they got like a young guy to do it. And, and yeah, Ben, yeah, ben Whitshaw is also a really good actor. Like he. Oh yeah, he, then he was good. Yeah he he was uh, he was in Layer Cake too. He was he played like this weird strung out like younger cousin of uh, the of the of the Daniel Craig character. Um, yeah. not, not not cousin, but the cousin of one of the bad guys in that movie, and he was great. He's a great actor. Hmm. Um, yeah. and who is gay? Yeah. You know, ironically speaking of uh, yeah. the, yeah, he's plays yeah. very much not a like not a blatant homosexual, but like he's out in the last movie. He talks about his boyfriend, like he's very his clear boy, about yeah, like his boy, yeah, like his boyfriend's coming over, or or he, or he has a date with a guy, and it's just like okay, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, sure, it's believable. He, he you know he played like that. So, but, uh, um, but the old Q, yeah, and he has some good lines in this one. I love the part where in the beginning when he's chasing before the boat chase and he's like trying to catch that guy before he blows himself up and he's running through Q headquarters yeah. and Q's working on the boat and he just looks behind him and goes, Oh God. Like he like <laughs> rolls his eyes, like there yeah. he goes again, James Bond. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's classic, classic Q. Um, what'd you think of the song? I, I guess it's like the rest of the movie. It was fine. Yeah, I I like it. I think that, yeah, garbage, garbage. The band, the band, <laughs> not the band. Garbage, not but, the adjective. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. It was. Uh, I I. It's one of my favorite ones. In fact, like I think, I think Skyfall has got to be my favorite one. Because Adele is just so great. And it's a toss up between that and Golden Eye. Golden Eye, I think, could go either way. Um, but then, like the Show Crow one was okay. Like I think the song is better than the singer. Like if somebody else sings that song, I think you're in better shape than Show Crow. But she was very big at the time, and so I, I get why they got her to do it. And um, the Madonna one for. Down of the day, I think it's yeah. terrible. Like, it's everything yeah, about that movie that. is so bad. Including yeah, she was doing that techno stuff at the time. Yeah, Ooh, not not two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. But this song, the I think song this is okay. good. You know, and the, they were uh, they were really in their heyday with like the opening titles looking really good. Yes, like the oil dripping on the women. I was like, yeah, like this looks good. Like I actually hired someone 
competent for this, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, that was really cool. I'm trying to recall the GoldenEye one. I don't, I don't really recall it very well. That, what so that one is, that one's a bit more old school in that they just had women like right, standing on yeah. statues of uh, Leningrad and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was sort it's of okay. like end of the Soviet thing and, you know, attractive. Like those things about that movie were kind of like the music, with the exception of the theme song, but like all of these sort of like ancillary bits about Goldeneye are just kind of cheap. Like you pointed out that the, the music in that, like the the orchestration of the of the of that movie is not fantastic. A lot of like kind of like yeah. recorded techno y type things as background noise and it just wasn't Yeah, it, that one that one's dated. Like that stuff feels dated on Goldeneye. Unfortunately, like a knock against cheaper it. too. They they were trying to save Oh yeah, prices. it was yeah. definitely cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But like with the next one, like they had a hit with Goldeneye and so like I thought this like the opening sequence for Tornover dies with like all the like the transparent guns and things like that like that's a cool idea this with the oil was cool don't recall a thing about Die Another Day I'm sure it was stupid and dumb yeah it was, that one was very good and um but like you know the I don't I don't recall all the Daniel Craig ones but the the one for Casino Royale I thought was great you know the other ones are okay too they're just they're okay like yeah yeah, they're more they're more cartoonish. Like they're more graphic, uh, graphic design type stuff. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Yeah. A lot of those songs don't really stand out besides Skyfall. No. Yeah. And they, and they pushed Skyfall. Like I heard it on the radio. Like it was it was everywhere. It was a good song. Yeah. Like it was just Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. It was, it was a very good song. Um Anything else about this one worth? This is this one I the only knock I can really think of too is that they started giving M a big role in this one. Yeah. Like M I mean they hired Judy Dench, so you might as well use her. But she always before had that like defined I'm the boss, this is what I want, this, this is how you do it. And 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 that's about it. And like in this one, she's an extremely important character. Right. There's no movie without M. You know, and they develop this uh, bond between them <laughs> where she respects him and likes him versus in the beginning when she's like, I do not care about you. You are one more agent in the stable of agents that we have, you know, and like, okay, I kind of shrugged like, oh, I don't, that seems a little odd to me, I guess, because he keeps coming back alive. So you you trust him. <laughs> All the rest of them always seem to keep getting killed. Yeah, like yeah, there's sort of less of a reason to to buy that coming from her. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I never mean, liked that idea. I did. They were my, cl- that they were close. Yeah, I don't. It didn't. I mean, it. It. You. You're sort of breaking a not a rule, but like there was. A, yeah, there was a a detached sense that you got between. The character and the organization, it wasn't personal for anybody. And you know, you know, even with Bernard, with Bernard Lee, like you, like there was some sense of like, not the paternal, but like the familiar. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't totally right. cold, but it, but it, it wasn't paternal. And here, you know, it's very much that way. Yeah, and they maternal. They, and they exploit that, you know, for the next twenty years. Like that was how they made these movies. Yeah. And, eh, you know, for better or for worse, I mean, you had Judy Dench, so I think they felt, and I don't think this is unreasonable, that like, look, if we're gonna go and get Judy Dench, we might as well use Judy Dench. So, like, fine, like they 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 did that, and right. Yeah, and that's fine because like the lines that she has are great, and she delivers them so well. Like she's she's, re- she's, re- she's really really good. Yeah, but they, when they develop that, because it it just seems so out of character for him to, to need like he needs that sense of like I want to make her proud of me, not in a mommy type way, but just like you know they're not equals in, in any sense, and so like he needs that validation from her. Like he he wants her to think he's doing a good job. Because he because he does, right? I, I just it just seemed odd to me. I never really like 
I was never comfortable with that idea, I guess. Yeah. No, it's um it's hit or miss. I think overall it's it sort of starts to bring the character a bit more into the modern you know, into the 21st century because it's looking at him like a character. And that's what um they do in um and all the, the 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 Daniel Craig ones is that he they really humanize the crap out of him, and ultimately I think that's important to do because you're you're gonna end up making the same movie over and over again, at a time when people might find that boring. Sure. And so this is how they chose to do that. I I wish they had done. So they did it okay with the with the Daniel Craig ones. And they did it terribly with the old ones, but they had Felix as a character. Like he, yeah, you know, it's better if he has people who are his equal or doing things that he does versus like your boss. Um, because I mean, at that point, sorry, my voice here. Um, you know, he, he still has to like listen to her and do what she says. Like she's the boss, and in all these Daniel, uh, not Daniel Craig. Um, Pierce Brosnan ones, there is no Felix. He doesn't have anyone like that. No, yeah, he has no He, he had Joe Don Baker and like he was the comic relief, so they were not on an equal playing field at all because he's Joe Don Baker. So like he had no <laughs> one he had no one to bounce anything off of. Like he had no one to play against. So and you can't do that with your boss. Judy Tench or not. No, right. Like the dynamic is weird. It becomes more sort of paternal than it really yeah. probably should be. And you know when they brought back, like I think they tried to do it with with lighter, in no time no time to die. Like they tried to, to sort of generate that relationship post facto, and it didn't really. It was one of the weaker parts of that movie. Yeah, like, I know. Like if they making him sad about that, if they had set that up a little more, because that's Jeffrey Wright, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he he's also a really great actor. Like he was great for that. Yeah. I would have I would have loved to watch a movie just the two of them. I mean, know. I like Jeffrey Wright because he doesn't look anything like Daniel Craig. He's like right the opposite. He's short and you know not necessarily frumpy, but you know he was made to look frumpy in Casino Royale. Like you know, I still think like, and like the, somehow the, he's still doing the same thing. Bonds can. like I'm also a, a spy like you. It's like you're a spy. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> you look like a hobbit. <laughs> He's super confident. Doesn't look like we need the money. I think is one of the best lines yeah. in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that was kind of a missed opportunity there, not to not to put like you know, they they really wanted to go for that that comic relief and Jodan Baker and then later Michael Madsen. Oh, yeah, that's right, Michael Madsen. Like, he wasn't in that other one. Who was that? Michael Madsen, the American. Well, they well they paired him with Haley Berry, but she was a woman, so that. Like in the hierarchy of things that that's in Bond movie needs, it's women, alcohol, <laughs> ga- gambling, and then everything else. Yeah, <laughs> alcohol, gambling. Yeah. So he had he had the the X ray glasses, right? Oh, let, let, let him... yeah, yeah. What else that. did he have in this one? I don't remember. Oh, Christ. Um. Trying to think, yeah, the X-ray glasses, the car, you had a car. rocket in it. Oh, the the coat. Oh, the coat. That's right. And it like formed like the like the little protective ball when he was skiing. Yeah, right. it was that's, what an absurdly specific thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very lean with his gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some jam trousers. Let's yeah. swim away, shall we? Yeah, that. That um, that was always my favorite little joke from that. Because like, you know, was, you know, use every gadget on the adventure. There was never, there was never a thing he didn't use. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, Anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. I would think it was good. It was a good movie. It was I I liked it, you know, and I wish it got um I wish it got more credit. It kind of got lost in the uh in the scrum of other ones. 
Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely did, and you know, there's, it's not perfect by any means, and like, it's not my favorite, but it's like, yeah, no, yeah, but you know, point to me the ones that are, yeah, you know, at this point, because we've seen them all at this point. When you're watching them, you're like, this is um, tolerable and interesting, <laughs> and and funny. Like, it had funny moments to it. It was funny without being sort of ridiculous, which you but know. it wasn't. It wasn't goofy, right? You know, like there is a point where he's like shooting up goons in like the caviar place, <laughs> and you know, and he's killing them, and it's fun. You got the the wacky airplanes with the buzz saws, and he like pops up out of a hatch, like onto the second floor, and a guy who's running trips on the hatch and falls in front of him down the pit, and yeah. gets hurt, and he doesn't miss a beat. Like he doesn't like. Make that banana peel slipping sound that they, <laughs> that they insert, you know, or like the Wilhelm like scream. Goes, Whoa. Yeah, like he just he falls in. Bond pops up. He starts shooting other people in cold blood, and I was like, "Huh, look at that henchman." Sure. Yeah, that's that's the kind of humor that that a Bond movie should have, where it's we're not going to draw attention to it, you know. Yeah. No, it's good. So, so all right, well. If you guys out there have thoughts about uh, The World Is Not Enough that you want to share with us, you can let us know on uh, the site formerly known as Twitter and Instagram. We are at 3 Drinks in Pod on both. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us at 3 Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Buy our merchandise at TeePublic. Leave ratings and reviews at uh, Spotify or Apple Music. Um, I think that's everything, yeah. Yeah, I think that's everything. All right, as always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Christmas only comes once a year. 